Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 24 of our Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm speaking with phenomenal female business boss, Sally Benson of Limelight HR. Hear how she went from being passionate about acting to mortgage advisor, to working in Australia, to working in HR in London. When Sally realised she wanted more out of life and a bigger sense of achievement, she chose to change things around. Taking her ideal of what good HR should look like, she set up her very own HR business, Limelight HR, which helps shine a spotlight on your business and your people. I hope you are as inspired by Sally as I am and listen on and enjoy our show. So hello and welcome to Bold Business Bits, my podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm speaking with Sally Benson of Limelight HR. Hi, Sally. Hi, Ros. Thank you so much for joining us today as my guest on this show. So Sally, tell me a bit about Limelight HR. How long have you been around in business? So probably set up about three years ago. But that's really when I started working on the business. I had the idea, started looking for a logo, spent about two months thinking of a name. So I think the website and the business cards were up and going from the January following that. So by January, it's three years that I've been really, really going for, I think. Congratulations. Thank you. And what were you doing before you set up your business? Oh, gosh, quite a lot of different things over the years. Do you want the long story or the short story? Yeah, we just tell us a bit about how, how you came to set it up. Yeah, so I was down in London for 10 years or so working in HR for a lot of media companies, a place like the BBC, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central. And Was that in an HR capacity? In an HR capacity, okay. yes, but working within the business, not as a self-employed person. And I decided to move back to Harrogate for one reason or another, and was looking at the jobs up here and just didn't feel like anything really interested me. There was nothing that jumped out at me. And a lot of things that just looked like jobs that I'd seen before and I felt like I was missing something and I wanted more out of my life Mm. and I wanted more control over my time. I wanted to get a bigger sense of achievement out of what I was doing every day. And I thought, actually... I'm quite passionate and strong-minded about what I think good HR looks like and what you can achieve when you really support people the way they need it. Yeah. So I thought, why don't I set up a business that is run the way I think it should be run and does services for people the way I think they really need them and practical support and that's really friendly and easy to deal with. Yeah. So I set it up. Wow. Fantastic. I love that. So I take it that means that in your so in your previous HR roles, mm. that wasn't giving you what you actually wanted from your life. Yeah, I think it's really complex. There's a lot of difficulties in terms of what HR provides to a business and how much flexibility there is. There's a lot of politics that goes on. There's a lot of things that I think happen within HR that you're sort of saying to the business, 
don't do this. And yet sometimes within an HR department, they're not following the type of things that they're saying right. the rest of the business should do. <laughs> I also found I could quite often be on the front of something that was being developed and designed for the business and having to be the face of it to the business, knowing that actually it was something they didn't want and was just going to make mm. their life more difficult and more complicated yeah. and having to be the person that's going, no, really, this is great. Get on board. Yeah. I found that quite difficult. I'm a very values driven person and I found quite often I felt at odds with that yeah. within departments. There's a lot of HR feeling that they need to prove their worth. And I think that drives you to do things that aren't necessarily what the business needs or wants. And I think as well, it's about how much you're able to stand up to the top team and the top table. Yeah, definitely. So as HR, are you challenging those people at the top or are you just the people that are enabling them to do what they want to do? And for me, HR should be a balance. Ultimately, business owners have to decide what they want to do, but you should give them all the information available and you should also challenge them if you think that they potentially need to be looking at things differently and challenge that hard and strong but be willing to say you know but ultimately you go and do your own thing and not just be yes people yeah yeah it's really powerful so with that in mind then how does limelight hr differ i think for me it's very much about the relationship with everybody that i work with I just like it to be really friendly, informal, relaxed. I always say, you know, HR can be seen as stuffy and boring. <laughs> and, and a lot of people have that reaction. You know, when you say you work in HR and it's a bit, ooh. <laughs> yeah, bad guys. Um, there's, a few, there's a few industries that we have that issue with, isn't yeah. there? And I think I just, I really make a point of just being a very normal person, talking to people in a normal way, but taking something that they find really challenging and find a way to help them manage that, that both protects them, but that they fully understand and that they're on board with. And I guess it's just that sense of relief after people have mm -hmm. spoken to me and dealt with issues through me that they just say, oh, thank God I've got you. And that's what I like doing for people. Yeah, fabulous. I love that. And also I like what you were saying there about you wanted more. So that's what I, that's why I set up my business actually, is because I felt that I, I could achieve more than I was doing. It just You can tend to settle, can't you? Settle for less than your best. Mm, mm. And it's about getting the potential out of people. Do you do a lot of that in your work with people? Do you help people become their best? That's definitely the big goal and the big aim yeah. of the business. I'd say a lot of my work, because a lot of people come to me when they're in a crisis point. Yeah. So it's very much helping fight fires. Yeah. It's only by having a relationship for a longer period of time and getting more involved with the business and being able to spot additional things that I think might be happening underlying that I can really get to the bigger stuff and make the bigger changes. The ultimate goal for me with the business is to create happy businesses with happy staff, mm. happy managers, and to have that ideal that the, the culture and the environment and everything is positive and where people feel appreciated and supported and do their best work. So, yeah, ultimately, that is my goal, that the people that I work with feel that. Yeah, great. Fantastic vision for you. Mm. I love that. Take us back a bit further then, please, because the name Limelight, Limelight HR, so it reminds me of 
like acting, yeah, getting on stage yeah. and being in the limelight. Yeah. So is that is that how how did you come about with the name? Is yeah, that because of your it. acting past? <laughs> it is a little bit of that actually. I suppose that's why I lean towards the media and creative industries generally in terms of the the companies that I worked at previously mm-hmm. and my ideal client now is because I came from a background where I loved acting from when I was nine through to university. That's all I wanted to do and didn't for one reason or another. But I love all that side of things and I love creative people. I love being around creative people. So for me to mix the HR with the creative is Mm. the perfect way to do it. So when I was looking at business names, I knew that I wanted to work with media and creative businesses when I set up. That was always going to be my niche if you like Mm -hmm. so I wanted a name that had connotations of theatre acting limelight like you talked about a spotlight on staff and people I suppose putting Mm -hmm. a spotlight on your company talking about you know focusing on something so for me it did a dual thing and and spoke to both elements and actually, a lady um, who used to work with at the BBC came up with the name. So oh. I have to give credit to her. <laughs> it wasn't actually my idea, but okay. uh, when she said it, I was like, that's it. That's yeah. that's the one. Yeah, no, it's great. I think it's a great name. So acting to HR, mm. how did that happen? <laughs> I don't From know. A, you had this burning <laughs> desire to be an actress. <laughs> yeah. And then you went into HR. Is there a relation? Are HR, are the best HR people good at acting, perhaps? Well, <laughs> do you know, I've not really thought about it before, but now you ask that question, I do think that's a lot about it because I I suppose it depends if you're good at acting and good at HR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is an element where in order to be good at acting, you've got to have real empathy for people. Yeah. And you've got to be able to understand people's motivations and your own motivation as a character and all of that sort of thing. And I think when I fell into HR, having done a a number of different types of careers, for me, it felt the most natural to be Mm. in that environment where I was dealing with people at all different ends of the spectrum from, you know, really happy, they were having great things happening in their career through to really awful and the managers uh, having issues with them and maybe going through redundancies. And it was all about managing those different feelings, the different impact of situations within the business on them as people because Mm -hmm. everybody reacts to things differently. And not just seeing things from your own viewpoint, but being able to understand people have other stuff going on. (laughs) And if you don't appreciate that and take a second to think about that and you just plough ahead with what you want and what you're saying with no mind for anything else, you will hit obstacles. And the workplace shouldn't be where people are dictated to. It should be somewhere where people are involved and included and spoken to honestly and taken on the journey with you. And, yeah, so I suppose there there is an underlying link between the two. So in terms of that ideal culture that you describe there... Mm. Sally, in terms of what you see going on in, in different businesses, how far do you think we've come towards that kind of culture? Because, you know, I know, well, I worked in bigger, bigger corporates before I set up my business. It, it did feel then like doing it to the staff mm. rather than including us in, in the, 
the progression of the business. So how, what do you think about what's, what's trending right now in terms of business culture, do you think? Is there a lot of work to do still? Gosh, it's, I think there's such a mix between mm. all businesses. There are a lot, sadly, of businesses doing things completely wrong. I think there's an element where some business owners set up a business and say, well, it's my business, so I'm going to do what I want, how I want, when I want, and yeah. I don't care if they don't like it. If they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. Yeah. Which I appreciate if it's your money and your time and you're fully invested in it, you can choose to have that approach. But it's short-sighted and ultimately your business can only go so far with that approach. I choose not to work with people yeah. that have got that approach because for me it's really important to work with companies that really understand the value of their staff. They might not be in a great position right now, but they understand the impact of how treating their staff the right way will ultimately impact on the business and how well it performs. So, Sally, I like to ask my guests, and we did have a little bit of a, a chat about this. So you've talked about, you know, you're, you're passionately interested in becoming an actress, but you've, you went into HR. So what about your life journey and the plans that you had so what you know these things crop up don't they that make us change mm. the, the 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 direction that we thought we had for our mm. for our life and our business so what's do you mind me asking what's happened in your life that's been of significance that's actually helped made you change direction or helped you change direction wow yeah I feel like there's been a lot of it I think I started out as quite a not shy but not overly confident in doing new things I didn't really know my own mind and went to university because that was sort of the done thing once you finished sixth form you went to university I didn't necessarily have a life or a career plan I think I was quite a young 18 as well yeah. and like you said I had this passion for acting went to university so excited, you know, I was going to be an actress. That yeah. was what I was going to do. And the, the course was just awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Acting is such a, a passion-driven thing. So for me, when the passion and the joy got taken out of it, it, it took the love and the mm. desire to do it away. So that was a massive shift for me. And I, I very much just ploughed on with the course. In order to get to the end, I think now I've grown as an adult, I would very much take the view of if something's not working, do something to change it. Yeah. But at that point, I just felt like what you had to do in life was get to the end of things. <laughs> yeah. So so I did and I, you know, I got the degree despite various other things going on and it not being quite what I wanted. And then, of course, I had to completely rethink what I was going to do with my life. So I thought, well, I'll get a job back in Harrogate. I did a couple of small jobs while I was looking for things and then became a mortgage advisor. So, you know, that had good career potential, fantastic boss. Jane Hoyle, probably one of the best bosses that I've had early on, which was a good experience yeah. to have early on. And then did that for a few years and decided to save up money to do a year's acting course. Oh. Because I thought, actually, I should do it properly at a really good place. But a couple of years down the line of working sort of Monday to Friday, nine to five, and looking at myself thinking, I'm in my early 20s. Is this, is this now how my life continues? I thought, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to go travelling around the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> so myself and a friend did a six-month trip around the world. I picked up a visa for Australia and went back and lived in Australia for another year and did 
a, a bit more traveling. So I was away for a couple of years, came back and became a customer service manager at a mail order catalog. Oh, wow. Then went on to sell holidays to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Another fantastic job. This is, for me, this is the epitome of companies. It started off really small with, you know, just a handful of people, really great personalities, really great fun. A lot of Aussies working there. Yeah. It was commission-based, so you didn't know where you were at with money, which brought its own difficulties, mm. but you were so invested in the company and the fun that you had there that you would work all hours to to do the sales. Yeah. And as they grew, it it naturally did that thing of trying to bring in more formal ways of doing things mm. and it loses that initial fun and vibrancy that you join for. So I think I just got to the point where I thought, again, I think there's more to life than this, having travelled and I want to do more. So I thought, right, I'll go down to London. So I packed a backpack I went down to London and stayed on a futon behind my friend's sofa. <laughs> like Dick Whittington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally, I did. I remember watching The Ashes. It was 2005 yeah. and I was watching The Ashes as I was packing my backpack thinking, this is a great summer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, arrived in London, no job, no flat, um, found, found a job to get me going. And then luckily found the HR job fairly early on, which then made the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. And then I suppose moving again back from London and deciding, no, I want more from life. There's, I'm playing hard, I'm working hard, but I'm going to burn out if I continue yeah. and, and again, choosing a different path. Yeah. And then having a baby as well, another huge shift. Yeah. So yeah, there's been, there's been quite a lot of shifts, but for me, that's been really important. I speak to so many people that aren't happy and they're not happy in their jobs and they're not happy in life but they're not doing anything to change it. And yeah. that, for me, is the really key thing. We're all responsible for our own lives. And if something isn't right, change it. Yeah. And that happened to you, of course, didn't it, with Bo's father? Yeah, yeah. Sadly, we split up just before Bo was born. So that was a completely different scenario. You know, I'd just moved into a new house. I thought I'd planned out how our family was going to look. And, yeah, sort of thought my future was planned and sorted and well in a nicer way than that that sounds a bit orderly but you know I was I was really excited about the future and then for reasons that that went on we decided that it wasn't working out and so I'm now a single mum running my own business it's not how I you know when I moved from London to Harrogate I didn't think within three years I'd be a mum and running a business it's not what I thought and yet they're two, my two proudest things as my son and my business. Yeah. And it's absolutely right. It's completely the right thing for me and it's the right place to be and everything's being done on my terms. Maybe yeah. maybe that's just how I like things, mm. how I like them. But it is. Every, I'm not at odds with how anything gets done because it's all very much how I choose it to be, yeah. which is a great place to be in. Absolutely. Choosing our destiny. And that's what being in business is about. It's about taking control of your destiny. Mm. But also I like that, the idea that when something's not working, you can choose to change. And there's that Mahatma Gandhi quote that said, I think it's him actually, that says, be the change that you want in the world. Yeah. And I love that. And so many people, don't they, they just moan about stuff, but actually don't do anything to change their life. So... Well done, you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And there's just one more thing I want to ask you before we finish, Mm. Sally, which is a question I ask all my phenomenal female business boss guests. 
if I'm sitting here and I'm and I'm asking you, so I'm, a, I'm just about to set up my business, what one piece of advice would you give me based on your own experience and thoughts and worldview? Oh, picking just one is really difficult, actually. Oh, gosh, it's, I can get it maybe down to two. Go on, <laughs> I guess I'm thinking, think. Before you do anything, just think. Pause for a moment and think about why you're really doing it. Mm-hmm. And it links into the second one, which is be honest. So be honest with yourself as to what you really want. Don't kid yourself because then you'll go for the wrong thing. You'll recruit the wrong person for the wrong reasons. So be honest with yourself, but also be honest with people because people can spot bullshit a mile off (laughs) in the nicest possible way. And it's when people really lose faith. So be honest with them and, and through the worst situation, if you can talk to somebody openly and honestly about why you're making those decisions, they will understand and they will come on board, even if it's difficult to do. Thank you. Wise words indeed. So thank you so much, Sally. And oh, before we finish, where do people find out more about you and your business? Right. Well, they can go to my website. So that's www.limelighthr.co.uk. Um, and then drop me an email. Give me a call. Happy to chat. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. In our conversation, Sally mentioned the experience she'd had in a business which was fun to work in and where everyone worked long and hard to reach their sales targets through the sheer joy of it. But then how, as the business grew, it seemed to lose what had made it fun. This is very common in growing businesses as more hierarchical structures are put in place and rules imposed on the employees. The business owner can lose that direct relationship with individuals because communication is lost, especially if the business leaders and managers who've been put in do not share the business vision and values and are not communicating this directly and daily with staff, or they've been put in leadership posts without being having leadership training. I come across this all the time and work with teams to turn disengaged employees into highly engaged employees. Here are just six top tips to ensure your employees remain engaged as you grow. So firstly, it's really important to ensure that you have business behaviours in place. How do you want everybody to behave on a daily basis? So establish your behaviours that you want. You can do that with a group of staff. So get everybody involved in working out what your key behaviours have to have to be. We do this in our, in our Engage and Grow programme. You get about five to 12 people and just brainstorm what are the behaviours that we need to be demonstrating every day to be the best whatever business you have um, in place. Secondly, recognise good efforts, especially publicly. People need to be motivated. So catch people doing something great more than you do catching them doing something wrong and thank them. Thirdly, communication is absolutely crucial. So communicate on a regular basis. Listen to your team's opinions. They have great ideas. Fourthly, give employees opportunities to grow through continued training and learning and especially ensure that your leaderships have trained to become great leaders. Be flexible and understanding and give employees the opportunity to balance work and personal obligations. And finally, organise team activities, social events, celebrations, group outings. They don't need to be expensive but can help improve team cohesion, your work climate and engagement while everyone has fun. 
So I hope that's been useful. If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard today or generally anyway, then please do. And subscribe to my show and listen to me next time. Thanks for listening today. Bye. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening. 